Sounds good. You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off like we always do, jumping right into the injury report. And the first injury to note is that Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles and he is going to be out for the rest of the season. This definitely hurts a Vikings offense that has been very pass heavy and they have really relied on Cousins to lead this passing game in this offense. The Vikings are now either going to have to move to rookie quarterback Jaron Hall recently acquired Joshua Dobbs. Neither are great options when it comes to the passing game. So the Vikings passing game is definitely going to take a hit for the rest of the season. This means that the ceilings for Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson should definitely be lowered. They're still both guys that are you're going to be starting week in and week out, but this definitely hurts their ceiling. With Kirk Cousins being out for the rest of the year, though, This could mean that the Vikings are going to go a little bit more run heavy. Don't get me wrong. This team is still going to probably pass it way more than they run it. Kevin O'Connell is not going to switch his approach, I wouldn't think. But this team is likely going to be running the ball quite a bit more. And I think that could mean better days could be ahead for Alexander Madison and Cam Akers. And I will touch on more on that later. The second injury to note is that Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL and he is going to be out for the rest of the year. He was kind of one of the lone bright spots in this Patriots offense that has really struggled to move the ball downfield all season. They've been one of the worst offenses in the league, but Kendrick Bourne quietly has been a very good flex play over these past few weeks. Kendrick Bourne, after only after having 24 fantasy points in week one, had four straight weeks of not topping double-digit fantasy points. But in each of the past three weeks, he has topped over 12 fantasy points. In week six, he had 19.3. In week seven, he had 16.3. And then this last week against the Dolphins, he had 12.6 fantasy points. He found the end zone in two of those three games. And he is currently the wide receiver 27 in fantasy. With no more Kendrick Bourne, the the Patriots are going to have to look to somebody. And that somebody might be Demario Douglas. Now, I do think that, I don't think Douglas is going to absorb all of the targets that Bourne was getting. As this team also has Devontae Parker, although he's also dealing with an injury. And they have Juju Smith-Schuster. They have options in the passing game. So I think like the targets are likely going to get spread out a little bit. But... Demario Douglas is likely going to be the best play out of this Patriots wide receiver room. In the last two weeks, he had 11.4 fantasy points in week seven against the Bills. And then this last week, he had 7.9 fantasy points, seven targets, caught five of them for 25 yards. I think Douglas is likely going to be getting the most targets out of everybody just because Juju Smith-Schuster has just not been great this year. And Devontae Parker is always just 
up and down. He also deals with injuries all the time. I think Doug, Demario Douglas is likely going to be the most consistent wide receiver for the Patriots. So while I only see Douglas as a stash for this week, they do play the Washington Commanders, so he maybe, maybe could be a flex play. Another injury to know is that Darren Waller re-aggravated his hamstring injury, and he is likely going to miss this week and maybe even more time than that. Darren Waller has kind of been the only viable fantasy play outside of Saquon Barkley in this New York Giants offense. Now with no Darren Waller for maybe a week or two, I think Barkley is the only guy that's startable on this team. I don't think we're going to see one of the Giants wide receivers all of a sudden become fantasy relevant just because Darren Waller got hurt. I, I don't see, I, I think Wanda Robinson maybe, maybe could be a low one flex play, but he's going to be very inconsistent. Everyone on this Giants wide receiver room is going to be inconsistent. They, I think each one of them will have their day where they could go and score 16 fantasy points and be pretty good. But then the next game, they'll have two fantasy points. They'll only catch one pass. So like you can't really trust any of these Giants wide receivers. Waller was kind of the lone starter in this offense outside of Saquon Barkley. With normal Waller, I don't think anyone in this Giants offense is startable outside of Saquon Barkley. The last injury I want to touch on is that Falcons wide receiver Drake London left the Falcons last game with a groin injury, and he did not practice on Wednesday. While he's still questionable and could still very easily play in their upcoming game, you definitely might have to temper expectations for London if he's not 100%. But Taylor Heineke is now the new starter in Atlanta, and that could mean good things for Drake London for the rest of the season, and I'll touch on more on that later. So with those injuries, we are now going to jump into the waiver wire, and my top target on the waiver wire is Demario Douglas because of the Kendrick Bourne injury. While I don't think Demario Douglas is probably going to be as good as Bourne was. I think he maybe could absorb all those targets, just maybe. I think it's probably more likely that they get distributed a little bit, but I could easily see Douglas getting seven to eight targets a game and being a decent flex play. While I still just see him as a stash for this upcoming week, the Patriots, again, as I said earlier, do play Washington, so that is a plus matchup. Maybe Douglas could be an emergency flex play if you need it. My second waiver wire ad this week is Sam Howell. Sam Howell is currently on a tear in fantasy. Sam Howell, right now as it stands, is the quarterback eight in fantasy, averaging 17.6 fantasy points a game, and he is coming off of his best performance yet in fantasy this season. He had 30 Point nine eight fantasy points, basically 31 fantasy points. He threw for four touchdowns and 397 yards against the Eagles. While he wasn't able to lead the commanders to a victory there, he probably led your fantasy teams to a win if you played him. He is definitely, in my opinion, a low-end quarterback one play this upcoming week. While he might have some weeks where he's not going to be as good like their last week against the Giants when he only had 9.5, I still see him as a low-end quarterback one. Definitely a viable play if you've been dealing with quarterback injuries such as Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson. Like, There's been a, quite a bit of quarterback injuries. If you need an option, a replacement, Howell definitely is an option. My third pickup I want to talk about this week is Quentin Johnson. 
Johnson might, just might, Johnson just might be taking over the wide receiver two role in Los Angeles. In the Chargers' last game against the Bears, Johnson had six targets, catching five of them for 50 yards, scoring 10 fantasy points, while Joshua Palmer didn't even top six fantasy points. While I definitely don't see Johnston as a flex boy this upcoming week against a very stout Jets secondary, I definitely think he needs to be on more rosters this upcoming week just because of the fact that if he does get that wide receiver two role in Los Angeles, he has a chance to be a flex boy week in and week out. We know the talent is there. He was drafted fairly high in the NFL draft this last season. Again, just because of the potential, Johnson should be on more fantasy rosters. My fifth, my fourth pickup I want to talk about coming out of week eight is Amari DiMercato. I touched on, on him a little bit last week, but I want to again touch on him because he had 20 carries in the Cardinals' last game against the Ravens. 20 carries, 78 rushing yards, but he only caught one pass for one yard, so he only scored 8.9 fantasy points. The Cardinals have a very tough matchup this upcoming week against the Browns, so that definitely hurts DiMercato's outlook. But I think because the Cardinals are likely going to struggle in the running game, they might have to be passing it a lot, which means I think DiMercato is going to get more work in the passing game this upcoming week, which means I think he is a low-end flex play this upcoming week against the Browns, even against a stout Browns defense. I think the Cardinals are going to have to be checking down to him a lot. I expect DiMercato to get work in the passing game. Definitely think DiMercato is a viable flex play this upcoming week. He should be on more rosters. My fifth pickup I want to talk about is Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is now the new starter in Atlanta, and I think this is a good sign for fantasy for this Falcons offense. Not only do I think Heineke is going to offer more for your team than Desmond Ritter was, just because I think he has more potential with his legs and with his arm throwing downfield, but this also helps the outlook of Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Taylor Heineke is a quarterback that is going to take more chances than what Desmond Ritter was. Desmond Ritter was just doing all these shallow passes, and it was kind of making this, it was making the Falcons offense just very unexplosive. While I'm not saying Taylor Heineke is Patrick Mahomes, he is going to throw the ball downfield a lot more, which means I think the ceilings for Kyle Pitts and Drake London have vastly improved. I think they are both viable fantasy plays this upcoming week. They have been viable fantasy plays, even with Desmond Ritter. But I think their ceiling is now higher because Heineke is going to be willing to throw the ball downfield more. And also, he's going to force these targets to these guys. He did that in Washington. He was throwing it to McLaurin, Logan Thomas, John Dotson. John Dotson had a great year last year when Heineke was throwing downfield to him. I think this helps. Taylor Heineke should be on rosters, especially in two quarterback and super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues. He should definitely be on rosters, but he, I think, is a decent quarterback to play in fantasy. My next fantasy pickup I want to touch on is Royce Freeman. While Royce Freeman is the RB2 in Los Angeles behind Darnell Henderson, I still see Freeman as a viable low-end flex play if you need one in this upcoming week in fantasy. The Rams are playing the Packers this upcoming week, and they have not been good against the run game. This is a very good matchup for Freeman and the Rams. I think Freeman has a chance to be a, a flex play for your team. In their last game, he had 10 fantasy points on the account of falling into the end zone. 
Again, if he gets in the end zone, he's easily going to be a viable flex play for your team. And he's kind of been the goal line back, in my opinion, for Los Angeles. So he very easily could find the end zone in this next game against Green Bay, which means I think Freeman is a viable flex play. He should be on more rosters just because of the fact of the potential he has this upcoming week. My next player I want to touch on is Khalil Shakir for the Buffalo Bills. The young wide receiver may, just may be carving out a role in this Buffalo Bills offense. In the Bills' last game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had six catches for 92 yards, scoring 15.2 fantasy points. While I I still just see him as a stash, I'm not ready to throw him in the lineups yet, obviously. He should be on rosters just because of the fact that he may be carving out a role in a very good Buffalo Bills offense, which means he has potential. So if you have a roster spot, Shakir should definitely be an option you should be looking at. My next pickup is Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver for the New York Giants. Robinson with no Darren Waller, with Daniel Jones coming back, I think Robinson has a chance to be a low-end flex play. While I'm probably not playing in this upcoming week, I think he should be stashed just in case it's Daniel Jones that was making him better. It was Like when Daniel Jones was starting, he was kind of turning into a low-end flex play, but then Daniel Jones got hurt. They brought in Tyrod Taylor, and Robinson wasn't doing much. Now with Jones back, no Darren Waller, I expect Jones to have to look Robinson's way a lot more this week. So I definitely think Robinson should be on fantasy rosters just in case Robinson's able to sustain his wide receiver one role in this New York Giants offense. But again, I wouldn't be playing in this upcoming week unless you are really in an emergency. My second to last pickup on the waiver wire this week is Rashid Shahid for the New Orleans Saints. Shahid is currently the wide receiver 33 in fantasy, averaging 12 fantasy points a game, and he is coming off his best performance yet. While he only had three catches, they went for 153 yards and he found the end zone. I'm still probably not starting Shahid this upcoming week unless you're in a very deep league, as not as Chris Olave and Michael Thomas are both ahead of him, but the Saints are trying to use ways, trying to find ways to get Shahid involved. And if they keep doing that, they keep getting him these unusual touches. Like they had, they're giving him carries sometimes. Like he has been involved in this offense. So I think Shahid should definitely be rostered just in case this is a sign of more things to come with him being a downfield threat and kind of a gadget player. My last pickup is Devin Singletary. Just because of the fact that he's currently in a committee with Damian Pierce, which means you don't want to be starting him yet. But I think Devin Singletary has a chance to maybe win out this role in Houston. And if he does, he could be a low-end flex play. And if Damian Pierce gets hurt, Singletary would definitely be a fancy play. If you have room, Singletary could be a guy you should be looking at as a handcuff on your team in the event that Damian Pierce gets hurt. Let's now jump into my week eight winners and losers now. I'm going to give you five winners and five losers coming out of this last week in fantasy. My first winner is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has been such a disappointment for fantasy managers this year who drafted him as a top five quarterback in fantasy. He had not been rewarding his fantasy managers, but over the past three weeks, he has been pretty good, especially this last week. In week eight, 
he this last week he had 27.62 fantasy points. He threw three touchdowns, threw for 283 yards, and route to a Bengals win over the 49ers. Look, the 49ers defense has been stout all year. And while they might be a little bit banged up, this is still a good sign of things to come for Joe Burrow. After Buffalo, he has a lot of good matchups. They play after Buffalo this upcoming week. They have the Texans, the Ravens, Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars, Colts, Vikings, Pittsburgh again, and then the Chiefs. Those are all matchups that Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense can exploit. I see Joe Burrow as a top five quarterback going the rest of the way. I think cool Joe is back. This is a sign of things to come. My second winner coming out of this week, I touched on him earlier, is Sam Howell. I see Sam Howell now as a low-end quarterback one, and he has proved it. This commander's team, at the start of the year, they were they were more run-heavy, but they are now trusting Sam Howell to throw this ball, and Eric Bieniemy is drawing up a lot of plays downfield for Sam Howell. He has been flinging that ball around. He's looked pretty good. While, again, he is a very young quarterback, he's going to have some inconsistent games, but he has looked really good, and because of his potential, I have him as a low-end quarterback one. I think this is a sign of more things to come. He looks like he might be one of the steals in fantasy this year. My third winner coming out of this week is Rashad White. Rashad White, because of his involvement in the passing game, I think is going to be a solid RB2 the rest of the way in fantasy. In the last two weeks, he has he has topped 15 fantasy points in each of the last two weeks. In week seven, he had, he had 15.9 fantasy points. And this last week, he had 17.9. While he only had nine carries this last week in the Buccaneers game against the Bills, he brought in seven targets, seven catches for 70 yards. His involvement in the passing game is going to make him a very viable fantasy play. And I think this is a sign of things to come. I was, like I said at the beginning of the year, Rashad White is a guy that he, he's shown his ability to, to be a receiving running back. And Baker Mayfield is a guy that likes to check down to his running backs. I think this is a sign of things to come for Rashad White. Things are definitely looking up for him. My fourth winner coming out of this week in fantasy is DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had his best game of the year, and it was without Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. It was behind Will Levis, the rookie quarterback. While DeAndre Hopkins only had four catches in the Titans game against Atlanta, he turned those four catches into three touchdowns and 128 yards for a 34.8 fantasy point performance. While I still only have Hopkins as a wide receiver two in fantasy, if he keeps this up, he could maybe find himself in low-end wide receiver one territory. It's just that the number of targets is just not doing it for me. Again, Hopkins is a guy that's shown he's going to turn these, tar- he gets red zone targets, he's going to be scoring touchdowns, but I would like to see a few more targets before I get too ahead of myself on him, but this is definitely a good performance for Hopkins. My last winner coming out of this week is Javante Williams. Javante Williams is firmly grabbed the RB1 role in Denver. While he's been getting the majority, he's been getting the most work out of everybody for Denver. He showed why though this last week. In the Broncos' last game against the Chiefs, he had 27 carries, turned that into 85 yards, and then he also brought in three catches for 13 yards, one of those going for a touchdown. 
Javante Williams, in my opinion, is an RB2 going the rest of the way. And with his talent profile, if he can keep ascending coming off of this inj- his major injury, Williams can maybe find himself in low-end RB1 territory. This is definitely a good week for Javante Williams. While I'm not expecting him to be getting 27 carries every week, week in and week out. I do expect him to be getting 16 to 18 carries, in my opinion. I think that is a sign of things to come that way. They are, they are going into a bye week this week. Hopefully next week against the Buffalo Bills, the Broncos stick with him, keep giving him the ball, and letting him do his thing. Williams is a very talented back. I think he's an RB2 going the rest of the way. Let's now jump into my losers. And my first loser coming out of this week is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams only had one catch this last week. One catch. With how bad the Raiders played this last week, they fired head coach Josh McDaniels, they fired their GM, and they're benching Jimmy Garoppolo for Aiden O'Connell. This is not a good sign for Devontae Adams. I am going to have a hard time putting Devontae Adams, even with how talented he is, I'm going to have a hard time putting him in wide receiver one territory. I only see him as a wide receiver two going the rest of the way. Just because while he may have a game where he scores 20 fantasy points, he's going to have a performance like this where it's a dud. He's going to have dud games like this. And it's really hard. It's going to be frustrating, in my opinion, to be a Devontae Adams fantasy owner. While he did have seven targets, that's a good sign. But one catch for 11 yards is not going to do it. And this is why I had Devontae Adams as a sell can't sell high candidate last week. I was just saying, get off, get off while you can. He hasn't been great. If you can get wide receiver one value for him, somebody's willing to trust that it's Devontae Adams. He's going to make it right. I said, get off of him. Hopefully you listened because this was a dreadful performance this last week. My second loser coming out of this last week is Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison is slowly and slowly and slowly starting to lose his starting running back spot in Minnesota. He, While he did have 16 carries in their last game, which is good, he only turned it into 31 yards. And he only had one catch for two yards, turning so only a 4.3 fantasy point performance. While he had more work than Cam Akers, this is turning more and more into a 50-50 split between Madison and Akers. But with the Kirk Cousins injury, I think Madison could revitalize himself as an RB2 if this Vikings offense goes more run heavy, which I'm expecting. Joshua Dobbs, who I think is eventually going to be the starter, he might not be the starter this first week, but I expect next week Dobbs to be the starter. He is a running quarterback. He is going to use his legs to get this offense going. I think Kevin O'Connell knows that he's going to have to utilize the run game more. Madison could be seeing more work this next upcoming week. We'll have to see how it works. I have Madison as nothing more than a flex play this week, but definitely, even with that, he's still going to be in a committee with with Cam Akers. His ceiling is just not very high. I think this might be turning into where Alexander Madison is a touchdown or bust fantasy option. If he falls in the end zone, he's going to be great. If he, I mean, he's going to be a good fantasy option. If he doesn't fall in the end zone, It's going to be hard to play him. My third loser coming out of this week is Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, people were drafting him to be this elite RB1 
for their fantasy teams. But he has just not shown that so far this year. He is currently the RB16 in fantasy, averaging 14 fantasy points. And he is coming off of his worst performance yet, only having 6.5 fantasy points. This Cowboys team just doesn't want to run the ball, in my opinion. He should be getting more than 12 carries in a game. He just should be. And if he's only getting 12 carries, he needs to be getting more work in the passing game. He is a very capable receiving back. He only had one target. It was a route. I get it. But even in a route, that means when you're up by a lot, you should be running the ball a lot. Wasn't the case this week. They got super pass heavy. I think the Cowboys are always going to be pass heavy no matter what they say. They say they're going to run the football a lot, run the football a lot, but they just don't. And Tony Pollard, I still have him as probably a low-end RB1, but he's he's been a very inconsistent running back in fantasy. While he's had four weeks of scoring over 15 fantasy points, he's now had three weeks of under 10 fantasy points. So he's either going to play great for you or it's going to be a dud week. This week was a dud. Hopefully he can turn around, turn it around in their next game against the Eagles. My next loser coming out of week eight is the whole Chiefs offense. Yep, I'm wrapping the whole Chiefs offense as a loser in fantasy. Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey for his standards all struggled. Patrick Mahomes only had 5.6 fantasy points. Travis Kelsey for his standard also struggled. He only had 11.8 fantasy points. While for a tight end, usually you're pretty happy about that, but this is Travis Kelsey. You're definitely expecting a little bit more in fantasy than 11 fantasy points. And then Isaiah Pacheco against the Denver Broncos defense that has just been obliterated by almost every running back in fantasy. He he had a great game against them last week, um, two weeks ago when they played in week six, but this week he only had 6.7 fantasy points, only had eight carries for 40 yards so I don't see this as a sign of things to come obviously the Chiefs offense is one of the best offenses in the league you're still going to be playing Isaiah Pacheco Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey week in and week out but this might be a sign of things to come maybe for Denver this is the second week in a row they have slowed down an offense last week it was the Packers again not a great offense but it was still a good sign that they were able to stop them and now they stopped the Chiefs offense maybe we need to be tempering expectations when teams come and play against Denver my last loser coming out of this week is Miles Sanders what happened to Miles Sanders at the beginning of the year coach Frank Wright said he's going to be our workhorse he's going to be a three down back he's going to be playing every down that sounded great for fantasy while I know he's been dealing with injuries this last week he had not a single touch of the football. Zero fantasy points. Chubba Hubbard is officially the RB1 in Carolina. Miles Sanders might be a cut candidate. Again, with his name profile and tower profile, you're still probably keeping him on your fantasy team as you're hoping this is just injuries. But best case scenario is that this is a committee. I, I don't see Miles Sanders being a three-down running back for this team. They're, gonna, they're never going to let Chubba Hubbard go away. I think he is the RB1 in Carolina now. Miles Sanders, I think, is going to be a non-factor fan for fantasy moving forward. And if you drafted him, he's going to be one of the biggest busts of the season. And he is who I was most wrong about coming into preseason. I was very confident he was going to be a three-down back for Carolina. 
I thought he'd be able to beat out Chubba Hubbard. He was going to be, I thought he was behind in a Carolina offensive line that has been pretty decent in run block. But Miles Sanders is going to be, has been, and will be moved forward. One of the biggest busts in fantasy so far this year. So we're now going to end the show with my favorite segment, my buy lows and sell highs. I'm going to give you five buy lows, players you should trade for, and five sell highs, players you should trade away. My first buy low is Alexander Madison. I know I've been touching on him a lot this season, but his value has never been lower. And this could be a chance to take a very low risk chance on the fact that this Vikings offense is going to go more run heavy with no more Kirk Cousins and that he Madison could maybe be an RB2 in fantasy. I think it's worth the very low risk. I would trade for Madison just in case this Vikings offense does turn into a very run-heavy offense and he's getting 20 carries a game. My second buy low is Tony Pollard. Again, I touched on him earlier as well, but there's just so much talent with Tony Pollard that I still consider him an RB1. If someone's kind of wanting to get off the inconsistency that is Pollard, you might be able to get him for a little bit cheaper coming off of a very bad performance. I would maybe try to trade for Pollard if you're looking for more of an elite running back. Pollard could be a target for you. My third buy low is Rashid Rice. Now, Rice, in a, in a game where the Vikings offense struggled, Rashid Rice was kind of one of the lone bright spots. While it was only 9.6 fantasy points, in the Chiefs' worst game of the year, he still had 9.6 fantasy points. I see Rishi Rice as a flex play the rest of the way this season. I think this is a chance to trade for him before he kind of does his little breakout against Miami this week. That could be a shootout in Germany. I think Rishi Rice could have a huge game against Miami. I would trade for Rice now before that happens. My fourth buy low, I had him at a buy low last week. I'm going to continue to have him here until he plays better, is DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, there's just too much... talent there to where I just I I can't see him as just this flex play he's so much more than that I still see him as a high-end wide receiver too at the very least he scores he's going to be scoring the most touchdowns out of all the wide receivers in Seattle this is still a pretty pass heavy offense even with Jadson Smith Nigba coming in Tyler Lockett's kind of been the target hog but Metcalf had 14 targets in their last game against Cleveland. While he only brought in five of them, not very productive, Geno Smith is still looking his way a lot. I would trade for DK Metcalf before he has a big game. My last buy low is Zach Charbonnet. We're sticking with the Seahawks. Zach Charbonnet, I think by the end of the season, is gonna, he's just going to keep getting more and more work. And I think he has a chance. I think this has a chance to maybe be like a 60-40 split. I would get Charbonnet now especially because right now we already has value as a handcuff. And if he somehow does take over, take in, take on more of a role, he maybe could be a low end flex play in fantasy. I would trade for Zach Charbonnet if you get the chance. Let's now go to my five sell highs. My first sell high is KJ Osborne for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm telling you to trade Osborne away because of the fact that Osborne is coming off of his best game of the season. He had 17.9 fantasy points and 10 targets, bringing in eight of them for 99 receiving yards. But no more Kirk Cousins. This Vikings offense is going to take a step back, and I think this is definitely going to hurt K.J. Osborne the most. 
I think TJ Hawkinson and Addison are just going to be getting almost all the targets. And I just don't think there's going to be enough left over for Osborne to be a viable flex play. He's still probably if an emerge like a flex play just because of the bye weeks and injuries. But I would sell high on Osborne if you can get wide receiver three value for him, just because of the fact that I think this might be the best fantasy performance he has the rest of the season. I would sell high on him before this Vikings offense takes its step back with no Kirk Cousins. My second self-high candidate is Raheem Mostert, the Dolphins' starting running back, but I don't think it's going to stay that way for much longer. This might be Raheem Mostert's this upcoming week. It might be his last time he will be the bona fide starter for the Miami Dolphins, as in week 10, next week they have a bye week. Then after that, Devon A-Chain should be back off of IR, and he will likely reclaim his role as the top back in this Miami Dolphins backfield. Now, I still think Raheem Mostert will have a role when that happens, but I think this is a good chance to sell high on Raheem Mostert. Even though he hasn't played that great these past two weeks, he only had 10.5 fantasy points this last week. This is still a good opportunity. He's still been one of the best backs in fantasy so far this year. He is RB3, and I think this is a good time to sell high on him. My third sell high is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, ever since David Montgomery got hurt, has been on a tear. Jameer Gibbs, in the last two weeks, has scored 27.6, and then this last week, he scored 29.9 fantasy points. He had 26 carries, 152 rushing yards, found the end zone on the ground, and also added five catches for 37 yards. He's getting work in the run game as well in the pass game, and it's made him one of the best fantasy backs over the past two weeks. While they are on a bye this week, so it will likely be harder to trade him this week, I still have Jameer Gibbs as a sell high because when David Montgomery comes back, we know these touches are going to regress. I I, I think this is going to be a good sign for him to be, have RB2 value when, even when David Montgomery comes back because before, I mean, Jameer Gibbs was barely even an RB2. He probably wasn't even an RB2, only top double-digit fantasy points one time in the first four weeks. But he will likely have more value this time around when David Montgomery comes back, but it's not going to be this RB1 value that he has right now. I would sell high on him if you can get low-end low RB1 value. My fourth sell high is Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is coming off of his best performance of the year so far. He has been very, very tough to roster so far this year as before this week, he only topped double-digit fantasy points one time, but then this week he had 24.8 fantasy points, 10 targets, bringing in eight of them for 108 yards, and he found the end zone. I have Jahan Dotson as a sell-high candidate because... He's going to have games. He's a very boomer bust flex play. He's going to have games like this where he gets over 20 fantasy points and you're going to be feeling great. But then he's going to have the weeks like he did in week six where he didn't catch a single pass and had zero fantasy points. He is nothing more than a boomer bust flex play. Very inconsistent. Hard to trust him in your lineups. If he's against a softer matchup, he's likely a better play. But even then, he's still always risky just with the fact that he doesn't have a very high floor i would sell high on Jahan dotson if you can get wide receiver three value for him my last sell high candidate is calvin ridley 
Calvin Ridley had a bounce back performance this last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And while it wasn't an amazing game, it was a solid performance for Calvin Ridley. He had 14.3 fantasy points, had 10 targets, bringing in six of them for 83 yards. I have Calvin Ridley as a sell high because he has been, just like Jahan Dotson, very inconsistent so far this year. He's top double-digit fantasy points four times this year, but then the other four, he didn't even top seven. So this is just very, it's very tough to trust him. I have him as nothing more than a wide receiver three. I think Kirk Cousins is going to, not Kirk Cousins, Christian Kirk is going to be the top play in this wide receiver room for Jacksonville just because of the targets he gets from the slot area. And this has been without Zay Jones. When Zay Jones comes back, we might even see even more of a dip in targets for Calvin Ridley. So I have him as nothing more than a wide receiver three. If you can get wide receiver two value for him, I would jump on it. But with that, I'm going to wrap this week's episode up. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Fantasy Football. If you have any questions related to fantasy football, make sure to email unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com. And until next time, when I'm recapping week nine of fantasy next week, I'll see you later.